just we just invite the the everything that you have for us this morning. I just got this picture of um, you know when you buy something that has a um, that has a digital screen on it. I'm trying to think of something, but I can't think of what it is in my head. But the picture, but it has like a digital screen, any kind of thing. Now everything's got a screen on it. But usually, when you buy something that has a screen on it, <clears throat> um, it has a little film that you peel off. You guys know what I'm talking about? And have you ever bought something and then not realized it had that film on it? And so you, you're you're just use, it's, it all works still. It's just like a little bit foggy, but you don't notice it because you just are like thing and then like you have a friend that comes like you've had the thing for like two months and they're like uh you're like wow it looks high definition now i felt like the the um one thing the lord wants to do this morning or is doing or has done this morning is is kind of reach over your shoulder and peel off the there's like a, a little protective maybe protective layer foggy layer or something and um so let's just if that's if that's you and you're like uh, there's this like clarity and there's just something that clearer cleaner edges higher definition seeing uh, information that God's trying to show you that He's clarifying. So we just um, if that's you just receive that Lord. We just invite you to 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 take off our protective layer and uh, that we would see clearly that we would hear Your voice clearly that we would. Uh, receive directly with nothing in between uh, what you have for us. And yeah, we just blow away the, the fog and allow you to remove that. Partner with you. Uh, amen. Okay. I, uh, <clears throat> I want to talk about hope this morning. And I want to talk about um, kind of stirring up hope and through perseverance and some other things. But uh, I've been I've been working in my yard recently, and we I've, I've been doing this for actually for a few years. Been working on some things in my yard, and one of the things that we have an, of an abundance of in our yard is rocks. Rocks, billions of rocks, and and so which are awesome when you're like when you need them to to build something. So uh, we we've kind of been using them for everything. It's like fully part of our landscape. It's it's you know, they're lining the trees and lining the flower beds and lining everything. Is, they're lining everything so much so that we have so many rocks that we're now I have to figure out we had to figure out what are we going to do with. Because we don't want rocks where we need to mow, and where we want grass to grow. And because while they're pretty doing one thing, they don't they don't serve so well in another capacity. So, so we're picking these rocks out. The last few weeks, we've been picking rocks in the areas we want grass, and then putting them. And you've got to find something for the, where for these rocks to go. So we built this like fake-looking rock river thing, and literally like every tree has a ring around it, and. Um, Anyway, there's just rocks everywhere. And uh, the other thing that happens when you're kind of 
landscaping things is stumps. Any of you guys encountered stumps before? And and normally we kind of can get used to stumps. Like, you know, oh, there's a stump there. That stump's been there since before I had the house or whatever, and it's his stump. And uh, actually, one of the things I learned from Mike Boggs, actually, was that you don't have to have stumps. Those actually will come out. Now, if you have a big tractor like Mike has, they come out pretty easy. If you have a little tractor, like the one I had, they don't come out so easy. Especially the bigger they are, the deeper you have to go to get these stumps out. And so I had two stumps. I wanted to move this. (laughs) Like any project, stumps and rocks slow it down. Like if it was just sand (laughs) or just dirt even, you could push it around and move it around and be all... Well, I was trying to lower this area of our yard so you can see, you know, a stretch of the creek that you can't see because there's a dirt pile. Oh, I'll just move that stump and move that that dirt, and then you'll be able to see the creek. It'll be great. So I started that and mostly accomplished it about 15 hours later, which should have been not that long. But anyway, there's these two big stumps, and one of them is an old uh, cedar stump. It's like this big. And then there's an oak stump. And um, I'm probably going to give you more information than you ever need to know about stumps. But I have all this information, so I just want to give it to you. It's free. Now, (laughs) anyway, I'm not going to give you that much information. But the end of this, before these stumps would come out, I literally dug down on either side of of the stumps. As deep as I could. So the stumps were like this harp, like a normal stump above the ground. And I have to dig down with a tractor, not with my hands. I'm doing this with my hands, but I didn't do that. Uh, but I, it, like with this backhoe attachment of the of the tractor, digging down on one side, and then you get to the other side, and you dig down, and back and forth, and back and forth. And you grab onto the stump, and it just laughs at you. And I dug down, so the stump, I stood down in the hole. At one point, there was this big rock I couldn't get out, so I had to like get it out of the hole. And I'm standing in there, looking up, and I can just barely reach the top of the stump. That's how deep the hole was. And still, the stump is just laughing at me. What is holding the stump into the ground? It's like, it's just, I couldn't believe it. Finally, I had to get in there and with an axe, and I'm, it was ridiculous. And at some point, I, I went like I did it for like hours one day, and so then it, then you have this huge mess. Like you wanted it all, you know, beautiful. You have this huge mess, piles of dirt and clay and rocks and everything, and but you can't give up because if you push everything back in the hole, the stump is still there. Just oh man, and so I, I'm just attacking. So so I had it the first day. I felt like I was going to get it, and I didn't get it, and the dark and darkness sets in. So I'm like, I'll see you tomorrow, Stump. And so then I, the next day I came out and I and I actually walked around it a couple times. Like we're sizing each other up, you know. I'm going to win this this battle. And uh, literally like seven hours the next day, I'm battling the Stump. And at one point, uh, if you've ever been around a tractor that's been digging in Trinity County, um, when you hit a river rock with a, a backhoe or with something that's metal against like that granite river rock, it makes a sound that it's like nails on a chalkboard, but of like a dragon. 
a giant chopper. It's so loud and so screechy that it, you know, at first you're like, oh, I found a rock. You know, there's a rock there. But then you think, oh, I'll just go farther and grab it and pull it out. You know, most rocks will pop out. But if it's a huge rock, you have to scratch on that rock a whole bunch of times before you, and every time your nerves, just the anxiety of this and hatred for stones. And this one rock I pull out, I should have had a picture for you guys. You've been like, yeah, it's a rock. We've seen one before, but I was really proud of it once I got it out. But it was huge. It was this huge rock. And it's like, how did this rock get there? What is it doing right there? could be anywhere. But I pulled it out and I displayed it because it was so huge. The tractor couldn't even pick it up. I had to scoot it and push it with the tractor. Anyway, um, that was my weekend, battling stumps and rocks. And uh, after I... After I did that for two days, I thought, I have to preach on perseverance. Nothing else makes sense right now. I have to preach on perseverance. And uh, because one of the things I I felt, you know, perseverance is not not a gift. It's actually a a state of mind. It's a choice. And sometimes you, you feel like you can run through a wall. Like, man, I, could, I just feel like I've got all this energy to do all the things that God has. And, I'm, and there's this, and, and the, the, your perseverance tank is full of hope and anticipation. And, and then sometimes it's like looking at these stumps at the end of the day where you're like, I wish this was already over. I wish. Now, the oak stump that I pulled out was literally so big. Now, this is not a tiny tractor. I mean, it's a decent-sized tractor. The stump was so big that with a chain around it, I couldn't drag it with the tractor. This is four-wheel drive, 10,000-pound tractor. I couldn't pull it. That's really heavy. It's probably about five or 6,000-pound stump. A bunch of it was dirt and rocks and everything, but this thing was, I'm talking about, massive. And uh, anyway, so this, when I get it out, of course, I'm dancing around in the dirt and mud, and nobody's, maybe there was people who could see me, but I felt like amazing. All I had done was got a stump out of the ground. But there was seasons during this few days where I just wanted to be done. And I felt like if I hit another rock, if I hear that sound again, I'm going to freak out. And in those moments, and you know, the other thing about working a tractor, you would think that like, oh, you're just sitting there working a tractor. But but um, hydraulics are not very forgiving. And when they hit a rock or something that doesn't like to move, the tractor will move. And so at some point, it's like riding a bull. You're like <laughs> getting jerked around. And like, and that even just drives you more crazy. You're just like, man, I just need to kind of whew, still got on me. Right? Preach what God's doing. Perseverance. And uh, so I can, I can remember sitting there in the evening looking at these stumps going like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if I've got what it takes to. I thought I'd have to call Mike and get him to come down and fix this for me. And uh, it's in those moments, it's in the, it's in the fourth quarter, so to speak, that that your perseverance is is kind of tested. It's it's when you're tired. It's when you're frustrated. It's when you're, um, and and I feel like there's. That's the time where 
maybe you guys, nobody's ever been in this place that you guys have smooth sailing all the time and never have need for perseverance. But, uh, so I'll just talk about myself. Um, during that time, during those, those seasons um, where we are standing there with all of the things we've accomplished. I mean, I, I dug an a, a impressive hole. It was a huge hole in the ground and yet hadn't accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. So a whole bunch of work had gone into this, a bunch of time had gone into it, a bunch of everything, and I wasn't getting the result that I was trying to get. It was continually delayed, continually delayed, continually. And after this huge hole, I remember, you know, you reach out with the backhoe and you pull on the stump and it just doesn't even budge. Like, how is this possible? You'd think it would at least wiggle. Give me some hope that it's going to come out. No, it's just laughing. It's laughing at me. Weak. Perseverance is a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failures, opposition, or the delay of achieving success. How many of you guys know that what, what God has in store for us, we need perseverance? And sometimes we're full, we're full of perseverance. We're full of the hope and the energy and the joy that is set before us. And sometimes we feel like we're standing on the edge of a hole with stumps laughing at us. But we're going to switch back and forth. We're going to be at any stage of that. But we need perseverance. We need perseverance. Um, if you got your Bibles with you, turn to James 1. Sorry, I just realized there's a little mistake in my notes. We'll see if... Yeah. James 1, 2. It says, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Uh, see, persevering in faith brings maturity, completion. In the um, in Ivia, that word "perfect" is actually um, translated um, maturity actually a, a maturing as in um, the same word used for uh, when fr- like a fruit tree produces when you know a fruit tree is mature when it actually reproduces so when it produces a fruit um, and that it's it's steadfastness or that it's uh, perseverance that brings you to the point of maturity it brings you to the point of the ability to begin to reproduce the, the ability to actually show the fruit of the labor so I had worked for um, I don't know hours and hours and hours and there was no fruit like the, the thing I was trying to accomplish was to actually get the dirt and the stumps out of the view of where we were and, and actually kind of reclaim this area on our property and all the work I had poured into this ground had actually only made it worse now I had this bit dirt and mud everywhere the stumps were still there 
Like, so I was literally not moving. Um, in one sense, I was, but literally had not moved forward. And so perseverance is actually what what brings your uh, this is talking about you specifically, but brings you into maturity, where you begin to see the fruit of the perseverance. That makes sense. And completion. Um, and then the other the other the the end one in lacking in nothing which is actually uh, provision. It's perseverance that actually brings provision. Um, so really, that I read that verse to, to talk about this is, this is our destiny. This is our goal. The goal is that we would persevere to maturity, completion, and provision. That we would actually, uh, ideally, we would live in that place. How many of you guys want to live in that place of producing fruit, Completion, like I feel, how many of you know the difference between your life feeling like there's a whole bunch of things incomplete and just feeling complete? Sometimes it has to do with projects that you got going on, but sometimes it's a state of mind. Like I feel okay, even though I got a bunch of things I got to do. There's always things to do, but the difference between feeling the anxiety of incompletion and the and the peace of completion, um, and then of course provision. We want to live in those in those in those areas that uh, perseverance, persistence, faithfulness takes us to that place. And uh, so that's the goal. That's how we see it. And uh, but as um, that's where we're going. But oftentimes we have those seasons where we need to um, we need to know what's in between. It's like okay, the stump. But this, what do I do when the stumps are still in the ground? The sun went down. Tomorrow's another day. What do, what do I do? How do I how do I come back out here and continue doing the same thing be, before I get the results? And I'll tell you, the key is, we're going to talk about it a little bit, the key is hope. The key is the ability to access hope, not based on, not solely based on, but not based on um, productivity. Because perseverance is the ability to move moving forward when it doesn't feel like you're productive. Sometimes you can find that productivity. But I remember standing there at the edge of this hole thinking that I might I might need to quit. This might not work. I actually might not have the power to actually accomplish what I set myself out to accomplish two days ago. I had all these ideas and all these hopes to be able to, I could see it in my mind and I wanted this thing and all I got to do is this. And after all the time and hours and effort, and it wasn't actually, I had to face, am I going to give up and or am I going to actually move forward? And, and oftentimes we're faced with that same thing as we look at our life and go, we, we get this idea of what it could be. What's it going to be like? Whether it's a project or if it's just life in general. Whether it's a ministry thing, whether it's a, I mean, fill in the blank. Whatever it is you're going after. And there's a certain amount of time. Sometimes it's minutes, sometimes it's hours, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's years of pouring into a, something where perseverance it's either either perseverance has got to show up or I'm walking away. 
And that moment is the moment we need to learn to access hope. We find out, do we have access to hope? Romans 5, 5. I I love this verse. We talk about hope because it talks about hope that that, uh, does not disappoint us. Hope doesn't let us down. There's a there's a phrase, um, uh, false hope. Has ever heard that? It's like, oh, I don't want people to have false hope. It's actually, anyway, um, I don't believe that there's such thing as false hope. Now there's hoping in the wrong thing, and there's actually hoping in something that doesn't happen. There's a reality. If we go back, I, I'm gonna maybe I'm I'm over speaking about stumps, but. The point being is that there, there is a reality that I actually maybe didn't have the power in the tools that I had to accomplish what I was going to do. There, there is an actual, uh, sometimes, especially if you're a dreamer, you're a visionary, you're somebody who has big, big dreams and all these things and you want stuff to, to be amazing. Sometimes, actually, that's not God's plan or you don't necessarily have what it takes to accomplish that within the time or, or even at all. But I'll tell you this, that the process, the perseverance, and the hope that fuels it doesn't disappoint you. Even if the goal isn't the goal you set out to accomplish. Does that make sense? You'll still, in the perseverance, in the process of perseverance, you still get maturity. You still get completion. You still get provision. You still learn. You still grow. God's still with us. Um, are you guys? Are you guys still with me? Okay. A couple of you. That's enough. If you're not, then I'll try. It'll get better. Um, so yeah, the the challenge of stirring up hope to remain hopeful, um, and really the. To stir up hope, to stir up hope, we want to stir up hope this morning, especially. But um, I feel like God's doing something with peeling back and, and revealing hope. And um, but oftentimes, hope begins with inventorying what your what promises you're believing in. Is where is my hope? Right, faith is being sure of what you hope for. So where, what am I hoping in? What are the promises that I'm leaning on? And one of the things that I've realized oftentimes that happens is we can actually hope in in um, hope uh, we can actually have faith sorry we can actually have faith in a negative outcome and so our hope actually uh, dissolves against a negative outcome so for instance when we um, When we, let's take health, our health, for instance. I believe that the way we feel is directly affected by the way we think, the way we believe, what we believe. And oftentimes if our 
if we have a belief system or we have a um, we have faith in a negative outcome we actually empower the hopelessness of whatever that ailment is I'll, personal for instance I've had uh, I've had back pain for probably well as long as I can remember sometimes it's worse sometimes it's it's better and um, there's been seasons where it's really hard not to give in to hopelessness because I have more faith that I'll stay the same than I'll get better that makes sense that your that your your hope dissolve your hope gives way to the the challenge of it's always been this way and so you lose vision you lose you lose traction on what I'm trying to um, what God and I are co-laboring in and that thing just begins to just dissolve away the hope that fuels the, the perseverance that actually brings what it is that you need. Does that make sense? Now, I might, there's, a, there's a chance, I understand, there's a chance I could go my whole life in back pain. But if I persevere, I still get all the things that, that God said that perseverance brings. I still mature. I still, but you understand, like God's designing, um, oh, I, I just, I don't, I, there's a, Sorry, my brain is scattered. I can't. I don't know if I had too much coffee or not enough. There's a there's a balance. <laughs> so yeah, what you believe, we're gonna. I'm gonna go back. Stick to your notes. Um. So what do you believe is coming? There's there's a bunch of promises. I think that um, you know, first and foremost, is standing on scripture. Um, there's a whole bunch of different scriptures that I just love, but. Um, of course, scriptures that are familiar to you, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Like that's a really good hopeful promise. Ephesians two, that we are God's. I, I love this one too. That we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to good, to do good works, which He. Excuse me, which he prepared in advance for us to do. But he actually he actually prepared me for my life to do good things. He got he had a plan, and then he put, he built me. He assembled me to accomplish the things that he wanted me to accomplish. That's a good one. And then of course Jeremiah twenty nine eleven we're very familiar with. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Perseverance is fueled by hope. And it's hope that actually empowers people to refuse to give up. As long as there's hope in there, as long as there's as hope is alive, it's a it's a different process when you think about giving up. Um, but hope has to be cultivated. 
I, I would love, and I think that we are cultivating this, but I would love to see it next level because hope has to be cultivated to become a culture. Like it has to be, it has to be talked about, turned up, grown, invested in to actually become. Uh, I, I don't want to be peop, uh, individuals that can be hopeful. I want to be a people that are hopeful. That no matter what's going on, people can see like, man, look, that's that group of people has got some hope. They might they might be ridiculous. But man, they're hopeful. One of the ways I, I, I think we need to do that is is to stop ingesting is the word I'm choosing. I went around and around to figure out which is the best word for this, but ingesting. Ingesting the hopelessness of others. Um, I you know, you've heard the phrase you are what you eat and um, there is plenty of hopelessness out there. There's plenty of, um, yeah, there's plenty of hopelessness out there. Um, Actually, a a big part of my job now, more than I would like, but a big part of my job at Bethel Global Response uh, involves Facebook. And while it's a great resource to connect with people and stuff like that, um, I'm on there as little as I can because... Um, or I just skim through and do what I need to do and, and get off because uh, it's it's you're wading through the hopelessness of people and it's hard not to ingest it it's hard not to have it get on you or in you and whatever and um, and, I, and I feel like to be um, that there's a competing presence in our life constantly to steal our hope and if our hope can be stolen um, which empowers perseverance all of a sudden, it's easy to give up. Does that make sense? Um, I, uh, my daughter Ella is playing basketball right now. It's basketball season, and um, I've talked about this before, but it's amazing to continue to see it. Um, something happens on a team when they, and in a moment, you can see the whole team when they have when they decide that they have lost. When they've decide, when they decide like the lead is too great for the amount of time we have left, and sometimes you go right into a game like that. So you look at people's records and you do all that thing and whatever. But sometimes it's like it's a clo- it's close, it's close, it's close, it's close, and then oh, it's just far enough away that we know we can't win, and we begin to play differently. They still play; they're great, you know, it's a, a great team, and, but you can see it. It's different. All of a sudden, we're playing to practice, or we're playing to have fun. We're no longer playing to win. It's a different. It's a different way. It's a different energy. But the thing about perseverance is actually, um, you can you can be the most skilled team on the on the court, but if you can't last the whole game, you don't win. So, it's it's in the fourth quarter that the perseverance is, has to show up. Right, you can. I mean, unless you put, of course, such a great lead on the board that, that you know. And I, I'm talking about a fair game, in a tight game, a fair game. It's it's perseverance that actually wins. It's your ability to get to the end of the game with what you started the game with. If there's no conditioning, if there's no pressing forward, if there's no perseverance, 
then the the all the skill in the world won't win the basketball game if you all gas out in this you know at halftime and there's nothing left the requirement of perseverance to finish it's the ability to endure to the end that even makes your talent worth anything I've uh, I've been pastoring, working in the church for 20 years, and and I've seen some amazingly talented people. And I don't mean talented just in I'll, I'll use the word gifted, just amazing, amazing giftings and these amazing talents, people that can communicate, people that can love so well, people that see the world the way that's, you know, just as amazing. I mean, we're all just amazing, but um, the people that just have these amazing giftings and, and seeing those people for lack of perseverance, for lack of of seeing it through, the, the, the church loses their gifting. The body loses their gifting. The body loses what what God has put them on the earth to accomplish. Not because they weren't talented, not because they weren't gifted, not because they didn't have what it took, but just because they couldn't persevere. When something didn't go right, when you know they ran into a stubborn stump or a big monster rock, or whatever it was, to push through. And then, and then, it's, yeah, it's one, it's one of the most challenging things, one of the most sad things that happens in the body, is when we lose um, the benefits of parts of the body that are meant to work together um, because they're, they pull apart, because they, they lose hope because they get overwhelmed because whatever whatever that reason is and, and perseverance um, and is is lacking I'll say it like that there's a story um, in Luke um, any of you guys know this story but Jesus tells the parable of um, the widow that that bugs the bothers the judge until he gives her what she wants and um it's a, it's a cool story. If you, I'm not going to read the whole thing just because of time. But Luke 18, um, and it talks about this this widow that just kept keep coming back to the judge, and the judge who um, eventually gave in to her, not because uh, he was just or because she deserved it, or because simply because she was persistent. And Jesus is telling this parable, saying, "How much more will God hear your prayers? How much more will God?" bring you to where you uh, where you desire to be where you're designed to be because he loves you than an unjust judge how much more he's saying that the principle of persistence can win over an unjust judge how much more will God give you favor will God answer your prayers it doesn't say after once, after twice, 
He's not, he's not teaching about God's going to answer your prayers. He's teaching about being persistent. How many of you guys know to be persistent, you have to have the lack of accomplishing the goal. Right? You have to have the opportunity to be persistent. <laughs> so sometimes we hear this and we go, oh, that means God's going to answer my... That means God gives good gifts. and that means, Yeah, it's totally true that God's going to answer my prayers. Yeah, but remember the lesson is about persistence. Well, I was persistent. How many days? How many weeks? How many years? I think that we, you know, everything from microwave dinners to DVRs has been saving us time. You guys know what a DVR is? Must be do. I don't even know what it stands for. <laughs> Digital video recording recorder. Is that right? That sounds right. Anyway, it's about skipping commercials. Is really all it's about. Um, but the, the the idea that that we can we want what we we want results quicker than quicker and quicker and quicker. Took out our phones. It's like my I just, my I I got I don't know what number this is eight I think iPhone 8 is quicker than my other one. I didn't know my other one was slow. I thought, three seconds is, but now it's one second. Three seconds. Like, come on now. But it, it, it's, we just want things quicker and quicker and quicker. You know? You guys remember dial-up? Oh, my goodness. And now it's like, I've, I want my kids to experience dial-up. My son complains about how fast the internet is. And and it's like, remember you had to set your computer to dial up and then it was like, yeah, in like 10 minutes we'll be able to start downloading a photo that will be we'll be able to see in 45 minutes. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, he's complaining about the internet because we're watching Netflix, we're playing a video game and, Two people are on their phones in the house, and it's like it's lagging a little bit. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, we we just want things faster and faster and faster, and so our culture is actually teaching us, or I, well, I'll say this, that it's it's chipping away at our resiliency and our persistence. You know, we want everything really quick, and so if we're not careful, we lose track of a lesson that was actually is a really important lesson in maturing as a believer and walking out how how many of you guys know that if that there's a that there is the and suddenlies of God but if we don't have persistence in our life we only will live on the and suddenlies but God has a whole bunch more maturity and growing and fruit in the persistence it doesn't mean he leaves and, and like you're not saved if you're not persistent it doesn't mean that at all but there's a whole portion of blessing that only lives in persistence. And you can just avoid it forever. And you can still have a relationship with God and you can still come to church and you can still, I mean, you can do all those things. But there's a whole, uh, there's a whole world of blessing that only resides in persistence. And I, and I feel like it's a key to, the, to this the next hundred years. And, and I feel like it's one of those things where we're in this season where we identi- we've identified an animal that's going extinct. 
spotted owl, so to speak. So we've identified this thing that like, hey, what we're doing and what's happening in our culture is actually getting rid of something. We're losing something. But now is a great opportunity to actually shift the way we do things so we don't lose persistence. We don't lose the value of it. We don't lose the importance of it. And we don't lose all of God that's contained in persistence, in faithfulness, in steadfastness. Are you guys alive? And one of the challenges is is that, of course, you know, like I said, microwaves and DVRs and stuff, but um, actually the side effects of a culture of a life of miracles, um, a supernatural life, um, one of the negative side effects of that can be the inability to embrace suffering and actually press through and actually be persistent. I don't know how many times I've heard I say, well, God just didn't open the door. Or that door closed. Or that, you know, like, I understand the concept of that process. But I think that 20 years ago, we, we would pound on doors for months. And now we're like, knock, knock, knock. Oh, that door's closed. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at? Like, the, I, I, I think that just in, in our culture, in the natural culture, we're, we're seeing persistence lose its value. But, but also, actually, it's, it's a side effect of a supernatural lifestyle. It's a side effect of, um, of a supernatural life or a supernatural culture where we, we, want, we want to be healed when we pray, which oftentimes we are and we're seeing that. But how many of you guys know that sometimes you need to be healed through months of physical therapy? And God actually designed, God actually designed your body to heal itself. That is a miracle. That's amazing. And should not be understated. That actually God designed and then gave people insight of, of how to move your body in a way that can bring healing. And actually your body regenerates. That's amazing. It's an amazing thing that God, it's an amazing part of creation and design. But God also shows up in a moment and dissolves a, a tumor or rejoins a bone or tendency or tendon or whatever it is. And so we, we have this thing. Make sure that we don't forget and, and believe that this is the way and leave persistence behind and leave process behind. Does that make sense? Um, okay. In closing, let's not grow weary of doing good. Let's stir up hope in the process. Let's remember His promises, starting with the promise that we celebrated today, the covenant, the relationship that we celebrated. Let's never give up on the goodness of God covering the earth. One of the things that... um, through this new job, Bethel Global Response job. Um, I've realized uh, in the... when you're working with natural disasters that wreak havoc on people, 
there's a large group of people gather around those things um, and blame those things on God. And it's a really interesting... Um, it's a really interesting thing that, that happens when you see someone... When you see someone celebrate something in the context of God's getting closer. Meaning, well, you know, Jesus, it's got to get worse before it gets better. Um, And I, again, we're getting into a whole bunch of theology that we're not going to really talk about right now. But I would, no matter what your theology is, I would make sure you run it through the rest of Scripture in the heart of God. That um, that includes hope, joy, yes, persistence. Um, but that we get on the the in on the same page that we're that we're praying for the goodness of God to cover the earth, that the love of God would cover the earth, that the, that man would know, and I mean man as in mankind, would know the goodness of God, the goodness and love of God. In whatever form and whatever way that happens. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little rabbit trail. But we need the perseverance of the faithful and the hopeful. Um, I said this a while back, and I'll say it again, that if we, um, if the group of people that celebrates communion together, that celebrates the death and resurrection of Jesus and the forgiveness of sins, if we can't access hope, we can't expect anybody else to. And believers should be the most hopeful people in the room all the time. All the time. And, and, Hope is one of those things that's amazingly contagious. I remember sitting around with a group of people that were not um, church people. We were just talking about Weaverville and the challenges in Weaverville and um, and the things that uh, used to be this way and are now this way, that kind of thing. You know? And it wasn't that there was anything that wasn't true. There were some negative things kind of going around the table. I was the only believer sitting at the table, and um, but we were only fo- the, the the table was only focusing on one part, and so all I did was mention the other parts. It's like, yeah, but this is happening, and this is happening, and this is happening, and w- one of the things that happens is, is that while we, for whatever reason, while we focus on things that that steal our, our hope. I don't know why, but they're they're easier to talk about. We still actually are like moths towards the light for things that are good. For whatever reason we we in groups we often go towards the negative, but when the positive shows up we love it. It's it's interesting. It's it's like a, in a lot of places that whoever can have the worst negative know the worst thing that could happen wins but then when someone brings up something positive everybody's like hmm, I actually like that better 
I, I don't know why it happens that way, but I've been in many conversations, as you guys probably have too. We like, we like hope. Hope feels good. And if we can't be the most hopeful people in the room, what and what hope do we have? Yeah, you you it, you contain it. You have it. You carry it. The world needs the persistence of the hopeful and the faithful. Those people that were will persistently. I think that like a lot of people would look. In fact, I was thinking about this. I was just standing on the edge of this hole, realizing how ridiculous it was to dig these two stumps out, and thought to myself, "I hope I finish this before anybody sees me," because I feel like this job just kind of got away from me. <laughs> like I should have just left the stumps, maybe. But I got them, and. Uh, but it was there was that thing of like persistence felt silly like you mean you're going to go out there and you're going to start again today you're going to keep going yeah I really want this thing to happen I really I'm really going to go for it I'm going to keep going and so sometimes that persistence is looks silly and, and all those things but the world needs the world needs persistent people that are hopeful and faithful Yeah, so we're gonna play, we're gonna pray. We're gonna end with just praying for a measure of, of of hope that God would stir up and remind us of our promises. I didn't mention this, but I'd encourage you to in the, in this process of stirring up hope, because um, trying to be persistent without shoring up or stirring up your hope will feel like spinning your tires in the mud. Sometimes persistency feels like that anyway. But I, I encourage you like that persistence is fueled by hope, and so if you're trying to do it. It's not a long-term plan to be persistent without without nurturing hope in your life. So as you go into like, oh, I want to be more persistent, if, anybody, if anybody's like, yeah, um, then then go towards um, first, obviously, the scriptures and, and the promises. We just read a couple of them. But also the promises and the, and the words that have been spoken over your life. If you don't have any prophetic words that you can call up and read or think then I would encourage you after the service, come up and get a prophetic word. Come and hear what God's saying. God's always speaking to us, and sometimes He uses other people to do it. I think it's because of, of connection and community. Like God, you know, God can speak directly to you, but sometimes He tells somebody else to tell you, so that we need each other to to build community. Anyway, that's something else. But um, but yeah, don't don't try to be persistent. Just um, without hope, without stirring up hope, what are you hoping in? Because it, it's like starting up a car and trying to drive across the country without putting gas in it. You, you gotta, you gotta make a plan to stir up and and take care of your hope in your life. So, um, so th- those are the two things I want to pray for: um, is is hope and persistence, or um, steadfastness. Or um, so if if that's you, if, if any of this is kind of like rang rang true in your heart. Um, would you just stand up and I'm just going to pray for you yeah it's it's, it's kind of comical to me um, picturing myself standing on the edge of this hole gazing in and seeing these stumps 
um, the other thing that was really interesting about this is I was trying to take pictures to capture the ridiculousness of this project. And um, and it, I, I mean, it wouldn't work. <laughs> I would look at the picture and I'm like, no, it's way more ridiculous than that picture. It's bigger and crazier and because it was just it was my journey anyway Lord we just we thank you that you have amazing things for us in the moment and that you have amazing things for us in the journey and I um, I invite a an increase in persistence and steadfastness for those, especially for those that are standing on the in the midst of a of a process. It was either just starting or hopefully getting close to the end of this process. Lord, I, I just invite um, the fire of persistence. The, the the process that we would embrace the process and and lord for those of us that are standing on the edge of this thing looking out and our hope has the the flame of hope has kind of dwindled lord i pray that you just pour gas on the fire of hope in our life that you'd remind us you'd take us to scripture you'd give us dreams you'd speak to us uh in our hearts and our minds You'd, you'd you'd visit us in our in our dreams Lord, you'd, you'd give us, you just speak to us through all the ways you speak to us. And you just begin to, to stir up hope in our lives. That our faces, that our hearts would be just turned towards hope. And then that hope would fuel the persistence that we need to get through the season. Whatever season we're in. And Lord, I, I thank you that your promises... Um, are all good. That even in the process, your promises are good. Your plans are good. You have good things for us and you see good things ahead of us. Thank you, Lord, that we can rely on you, that we can count on you, and that you love us. We praise you, God.